The most amazing experience I had in Eastern Europe was standing at the gas chambers in Auschwitz, thinking about all my family that perished there. Michael Rydelnik is the son of Holocaust survivors. It was midwinter and it was freezing cold and there were about eight inches of snow on the ground. And the barracks there at Auschwitz-Birkenau were just as my mom described them in Gross Rosen. It was sort of a shocking experience to stand there and think this is what my family experienced. There is hope the suffering, joy the tears, peace in every tragedy, love that conquers fear. Michael Rydelnik teaches at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. He's the program head of Jewish Studies. And he is also our guest on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. Michael is also going to be our guest on the next episode of GPS. There's just too much to his story to fit into one episode. And since you can't really appreciate Michael's story without knowing his parents' story, we're going to focus on them here. And then in the next episode, we'll share Michael's journey of faith. Also on this GPS, you'll hear some thoughts Billy Graham shared during his visit to Auschwitz in 1978. Christians know that the human heart, because of sin, is capable of incredible acts of evil and destruction. Auschwitz is a sobering witness of this fact. But Christians also know that God is able to change the human heart as we turn to Christ in repentance of sin. Do you need God to change your heart? He's ready to do it right now. And we can tell you more at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. GPS. God. People. Stories. The story of how I came to become a follower of Yeshua really has, or Jesus, Hebrew name, Yeshua, it really has its roots in my being raised by these parents who were Holocaust survivors. Let's start with Michael's dad. He was born in Poland in 1904 in the small Jewish village of Melnik. There's a very, uh, obviously, a Jewish existence. He married as a young man, had four sons. He adopted uh, a daughter as well. He was one of six siblings. He was a cabinet maker. He was a skilled uh, worker. He made furniture and cabinets and, and things like that. He ultimately left Melnik and uh, had a business then. Uh, obviously, with the onset of World War II in 1939 and Hitler's ordering of all Jews into ghettos, he was put with his family in the Ludge ghetto. And it was in the Ludge ghetto from there that his wife, four sons, and daughter were taken to Auschwitz, and there they were killed. Michael's father ended up in the Gross Rosen concentration camps. His parents, both sets of his grandparents, and five brothers and sisters were sent to Treblinka. The only ones to survive were Michael's dad and his sister. He survived, I think, because of his ability to build barracks and uh, do carpentry. People who survived tended to have some skill, if possible, that the SS, the Nazi guards at the concentration camps could use. And in just a moment, you'll hear how that was the case with Michael's mother. She was born in Germany in 1922. She had one brother. Her dad was a a Polish-Jewish man who had come to Germany after World War I. And uh, when Hitler came to power 
he very soon had to flee to Poland because Hitler was taking away the rights of Jewish people who became naturalized German citizens. So he, he was back in Poland. Her mom became quite ill. So she and her brother were taken. Her brother was taken to the grandparents and uh, her grandparents cared for her brother, but they couldn't take two. And so she was placed in an orphanage with her mom in the hospital and her dad in Poland. And she was raised in a Lutheran orphanage uh, called Friedensort. And there she was 12 years old when she went there. The women who ran that orphanage were called deaconesses, and Michael says they cared for his mother very well. They made sure she continued to have a Jewish upbringing, and the way they loved his mom made a huge impact in her life. It was through the life and witness of these deaconesses that my mom first came to faith in Yeshua, uh, and so in Jesus. And so uh, it was when she was 16, she decided that through observation of their lives and what they had answered to her, she, when she became of age, which as it was 16, she decided to become a follower of Jesus. I'm running to the secret place where you are, where you are. I'll sing to you of all the ways you stole my heart, stole my heart. Both of her parents and her brother were sent to Auschwitz. None of them survived. Her brother, Herbert, my uncle Herbert, he had his feet cut off in an act of torture and was watched uh, to bleed to death. Uh, Her grandparents from Germany, the ones that uh, helped raise her brother, they both perished at Auschwitz as well. As with his dad, Michael believes the skills his mom possessed may have saved her life during her time at the Gross Rosen camps. My mom had skills with typing, language, and nursing. She had been trained as an RN by the sisters at Friedensort. What had happened was when the camps were being set up, she was in several camps, they used her language skills to register the prisoners. uh, And because she spoke German and could speak Yiddish, which was what the language of most of the Eastern European prisoners was, was Yiddish, uh, she could speak French and... Uh, She also had some skill with Polish. Because of that, they used her in terms of registration, and she could type. And then not only that, uh, because of her RN, she was allowed to have an infirmary, which basically consisted of 50 aspirin a month and keeping track of who was not going to work on a particular day. The Gross-Rosen camps were liberated by Allied forces on May 8, 1945. Both of Michael's parents were in Gross-Rosen, but they didn't really know each other. On the day the camps were liberated, they both made their way to the American sector of Berlin, into displaced person camps. These were also known as DP camps. My dad very quickly remarried, uh, not to my mom. My mom left the DP camp. She became a nurse at a German hospital in the American sector of Berlin. And uh, my dad's second wife died in childbirth in 1947. And because of that, he was in this hospital kind of wondering, what am I going to do with the premature baby that has been born? How am I going to care for this baby? Uh, He ran into my mom, whom he had met in the Ludge Ghetto, and... Because of that, 
he just went up to her and sort of like fiddle on the roof, you know, he went up and made a match. He said, I, <laughs> I need to marry you to care for this baby. And, and my mom out of compassion for the baby agreed. Now I know my mom had already become a follower of Yeshua. And I asked her how it was that she decided to marry someone who was not a follower of Yeshua. She said, well, she'd lost all her family. She was all alone in the world and she had compassion on this baby and so she really and and my dad did not seem to mind that she believed in yeshua so she married him she wasn't really well discipled i think at that point either you are my only hope you are the rock on which i stand and you will not let me go i know that i'm safe inside your Michael's parents married in 1948. His dad was 44, and his mom was 26. They made their way to New York City in 1950, and that is where Michael was born seven years later. Now, before Michael was born, though, his father re-examined his Jewish faith more than once. My dad was raised in a very orthodox tradition, Hasidic, you know, the black hat side curls, beards. That was what he was raised with. After concentration camp, he became what he would have called a free thinker and no longer believed that. But when he came to the United States, he was uh, concerned that Hitler not have a posthumous victory by Jewish people. He saw in America that Jewish people just were not near uh, nearly identifiably. I mean, they were Jewish, but they, they didn't keep anything they didn't keep Shabbat. They weren't keeping kosher. And he thought here, without any persecution, Jewish people are abandoning their identities. Uh, and so he didn't want to give Hitler this posthumous victory. And so he reverted to Orthodox Judaism. And his practice uh, was more modern Orthodox. So in our family, we wore a kippah, a head covering, but it was knit and it wasn't... Uh, one of those big black ones. He didn't wear the black coats. He didn't have a beard. He shaved with an electric razor, which was permissible according to Jewish halakha. So he he was much more of a modern Orthodox Jew. He did tell my mom that she should never tell anyone of her faith in Yeshua or he would divorce her. Both of Michael's parents have passed away. In 2010, Michael went to Poland to see for himself the site where so many of his ancestors died. The most amazing experience I had in Eastern Europe was standing at the gas chambers in Auschwitz and thinking about all my family that perished there. Uh, now, it's only one of the four gas chambers, and we don't know if that was one of the four, but it was in one of them. And when I went into the barracks at Auschwitz, all the barracks pretty much in the concentration camps were the same, and it was midwinter, and it was freezing cold, and there were about eight inches of snow on the ground. And the the barracks there at Auschwitz-Birkenau were just as my mom described them in, in Grossrosen. And it was sort of a shocking experience to stand there and think, this is, this is what my family experienced. And the, these gas chambers is where my brothers perished and my, my uh, half-sister and where my grandparents and it, it was it was uh, a, a shocking experience to be in those places and identify with the suffering that my parents had. 
It's not just his parents' suffering that Michael has identified with. Shortly after accepting Jesus Christ as the Son of God and trusting him as his personal Savior, Michael identified with his father in a new way. It happened when he attended a Bible study that was looking at 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. That verse says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. As we looked at that verse, all I could think of is that God wanted me to handle the Bible the way my dad handled a piece of wood. He was a workman that didn't, wasn't ashamed. He could take a piece of oak or a piece of mahogany and turn it into a beautiful piece of furniture. And he was never ashamed of it. When people would commission him for jobs, they would come to the house and he would show them the cabinets he made and the table he made and all these kind of things. He wasn't boastful. He was saying, this is the kind of work I do. And I thought, that's what this is saying, that I'm supposed to not do this with a piece of wood, but this book is supposed to be the way I'm supposed to be a workman that's unashamed accurately handling it and it was just i was just overwhelmed that week that day that night with the need to study and to teach the bible particularly to jewish people Michael Rydelnik knows firsthand the importance of studying and understanding the Bible. It completely changed his life, and you'll hear how in the next episode of GPS. Before then, though, you can learn about the importance of reading the Bible by visiting us at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. In just a minute, you're going to hear how Michael's dad convinced U.S. authorities to allow him and his new wife to come to the States. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I have read much about Auschwitz, but nothing could have prepared me for the revulsion and depression that I feel here at this moment. Billy Graham. Visiting the site of the former Auschwitz concentration camp in Poland in 1978. Auschwitz is more than a place. It is a blot on the whole human race. It was the invention of minds so depraved and demonic that they defy any rational explanation. Auschwitz stands as a reminder for all humanity. A reminder of one of the darkest periods in the whole history of civilization. It reminds us of the terrible potential man has for violence and inhumanity. Christians know that the human heart, because of sin, is capable of incredible acts of evil and destruction. The prophet Jeremiah reminds us that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Auschwitz is a sobering witness of this fact. But Christians also know that God is able to change the human heart. As we turn to Christ in repentance of sin, Those comments from Billy Graham at the former Auschwitz concentration camp are available online, along with hundreds of other messages from him. Just go to BillyGrahamRadio.org and click on Billy Graham Audio Archives. You can listen for free. And to hear the rest of Billy Graham's comments that you were just listening to, search for messages he preached in Poland. Again, that's BillyGrahamRadio.org. When we asked our guest on this episode of GPS, Michael Rydelnik, how his mom and dad made their way to the U.S. back in 1950, he laughed. And then he told us this story. His employment, 
he was in business for himself. He was working the black market, uh, doing some stuff that was considered illegal economically. <laughs> and uh, when he applied for the visa to come to the United States, the State Department representative for the immigration, uh, my dad was somewhat notorious. He had never been convicted, but they knew who he was, and they asked him about this. They said, why would we allow someone who's doing illegal things into the United States? And he said, listen, I'm, yes, working in this underground economy here, but I've always worked as a, as a cabinet maker, and I want to work as a cabinet maker. I just don't want to work for a German. And if, you, if I go to America, I promise you, I will work as a cabinet maker. And sure enough, that convinced the American representative, and he was given the visa to come to the United States and permission to be an immigrant in the United States. And they landed at Ellis Island, and so he immediately found work the first day uh, in New York City at a cabinet tree shop. And uh, as a result, they stayed in New York City, and I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Michael was raised in Brooklyn by a Jewish Christian mom and an Orthodox Jewish father. And you're going to hear a lot more about what that looked like on the next episode of GPS. We sure hope you'll join us, and we are very glad you joined us for this episode. Hey, a quick question. Are we Facebook friends? Well, you can find us by searching for Billy Graham Radio. In addition to GPS, we share a lot of other content on Facebook that you might like to listen to. Thank you for listening now. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. And on the day you call me in to heaven's sweet embrace, I see your scars, your open arms, and the beauty of your face. Through tears of joy, I lift my voice in everlasting praise. Hallelujah, Christ is risen from the grave.